We fondly dissect the best and the worst of 90s teen horror. I'm Kirsty Logan. This is my co-host, Heather Parry. What's up? And friend of the podcast, Lady Reverend Rosemary Bennett Logan, is uh, lying in a patch of sunshine. With her long snout right between her front paws. I know. That's can the most see sad looking. Her little floppy chops are all getting pushed up by her yeah. paws. Oh, floppy chops. I love her floppy chops. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I call things like floppy chops or fish breath and I worry that the neighbours think I'm talking to my wife yeah. <laughs> which I would never hey. I would never say that hey. the dog though she doesn't know what I'm saying so <laughs> we say such filth to our cats <laughs> oh, but they don't know what the heck? I was telling Fidel yesterday I was going to eat her Aww. and it's like me and David are trying to push each other to see how, who can get upset <laughs> like first Annie says that she's going to send Rosie back to the dog jail, which is what we call the shelter where we got her. Dog jail. <laughs> dog jail. Behave, Rosie. I know. Otherwise, it's dog jail. Dog jail for you. The dog jail coming. <laughs> All right, so this is episode six. That was only one minute of waffle. We're getting good. I know, look at me. Well, I'm, I say good, better. I'm efficient this morning. Mm-hmm. I've already ordered a new toilet seat. <laughs> You're on your first coffee, that's good. I've, I've made a coffee. I did not go to the gym. Like I anticipated, but I will go later. See, things are happening. See, I'm supposed to go swimming later and already I'm like, oh. <laughs> I have such grand aspirations to get up at half seven and go to the gym. But I just wake up so tired at the minute. Well, just don't fit it in when you can. Yeah. You know. But then you go later and it's full of wankers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by wankers. Wankers, I mean men. Yeah. Sorry about it. That's the main reason I don't go to gyms, is um, gym men. Yeah, the, the Glasgow Life ones aren't so bad, but the one near us is a bit of a corporate gym. And, um, yeah. yeah. I, just, I went on a Friday night at 5pm once, and I won't <gasps> ever be making that mistake again. Oh, no. And also, like, <laughs> David pointed out to me the other day that, like, five guys were really perving over this girl. Like, she was... The burgers. Pardon? The burgers. <laughs> Five, the five guy burger. No, oh right, <laughs> yeah. The burger. Why am chain. I doing a burger joke to a vegan? Yeah, sorry, I've not eaten there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've not eaten five guys. They, <laughs> I have. <laughs> they, um, they were really perving on this girl who's. I, I am in awe of women who go to the gym, put their headphones on, and just fucking do what they're doing. Especially when you're in like the weights bit and they're doing like really heavy weight stuff, and they know everyone's looking at them because men are fucking disgusting. Um, and they just get on with it. I, I couldn't do it. Like, I felt overwhelmingly like men are looking at me when I'm Maybe the they gym. feel like that inside. They're just not showing it on the outside. Yeah, I think they're amazing. Maybe that's the key to confidence. Maybe. Pretending. They don't awful have, yeah. inside. <laughs> you don't have to really feel it, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of not feeling things, Ooh. today... Your segues are just getting weirder and weirder. I'm into it. <laughs> I was going to say thanks, but I'm not sure that's what I was saying. Uh, we're doing, uh, as everyone knows, I'm sure, already, unless you've appeared right in the middle of the series, which is kind of weird, but do what you want. Uh, we're doing a Fear Street. You do you. All Fear Street, all the time. So Heather's so happy about it. Uh, all yeah, Fear thrilled. Street. I'm, ha- I'm happy that this is the home run now. At least we got a break with the movie last week. Yeah, I mean, it was still Fear Street, but well, you know. Anyway, so we're doing The Wrong Number by, obviously, R.L. Stein again. You can watch again. Casablanca or Metropolis on your own time, Heather. <laughs> this is podcast time. Oh my, I do love 
Casablanca. Yeah, well, you can watch that later. Oh, man. Do you know what? They play it um, every year at the film house in Edinburgh on Valentine's Day. And I hate Valentine's Day, generally. So maybe it would have been like six years ago I went with my old flatmate Eva. Hi, Eva, to see Casablanca for the Does first Eva time. Listen? Pardon? Does Eva listen? I don't know. I sometimes shout out pals and I'm like, do they? I don't know. I don't want to ask them. It's too awkward. I don't know why they would, because they already have to put up with me in real life. That's so. what Annie says. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, Annie, you listen to tons of podcasts and you never listen to me. And she's like, I listen to you every day for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, don't, I wouldn't do it if I yeah. was friends with me. But yeah, Cast Mike is so good. And then all the old people are there on dates because it's Valentine's Day with their little husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever and it's just so lovely that'll be you in 30 years that'll just be on my you. own <laughs> oh poor david david left me <laughs> okay Looking for a cabal of men <laughs> very cabal. muscular men <laughs> i don't know why i went with cabal there but you know sounded good sounded sexy it did sound good mm-hmm. anyway what uh, are we doing? so we're doing the wrong number and uh, I wish Robot Stein had called the wrong number when he was writing his book. <laughs> when he was trying to get an agent. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, I, I, I love this cover, though. It is very retro. That's one thing I will say about these original Fair Street books. The covers are banging. But they they've are fucked great. it up in the interim. Yeah. 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 The, the redo covers are horrendous. This one's pretty cool. I'm going to say I really like the... Lesbian vibes? <laughs> I mean, always. <laughs> the lesbian full moon nighttime vibes... So my jam. I also like the kind of coral pink of the Fair Street, R.L. Stein, at the top. Yeah, but then the horrible red. Yeah, I like like a coral. And then we have the tagline, it began... I really read that, is it began as a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I wish. It began as a prank, and I think I had new glasses, and ended in murder. That's correct. Yes. Are you going to actually describe the cover, though? Uh, I'm going from the top down. Oh, okay, I see, sorry. And then after that, we've got a window showing a full moon and a spooky tree and... Very House. Tim Burton. Very Tim Burton. Spindly tree. Bubbly. And then we have two lesbians question. <laughs> One of whom is wearing a very skimpy negligee. That's very, like, 60s, isn't it? They're both mm-hmm. very 60s outfits. Yeah, really. they are, actually. And then the other one's wearing, like, a... I'm going to say, like, more 80s-looking kind of coral, peachy-coloured T-shirt. Yeah. As, I guess, their nightwear. And they're on a bed, sort of huddled together, going, What was that? And also her face, the the coral negligee, coral t-shirt girl, her face is very 60s as well. Mm. She looks like Duffy, if you can remember Duffy from oh, like the yeah. early 2000s. I do remember. Um, My brother worked in a club and Duffy played a gig there and they were informed that they must not look at Duffy in the face. I think something really fucking horrible happened to her. Oh no. I remember, I think it was last year. Maybe that's put, why you couldn't look at her. Well, she put her, I think she was like, basically like kidnapped and... Like, recently uh i mean this gig was like when that song mercy came out so that was a long time ago i think it happened a long time ago but she came out and spoke about it last wow. year yeah and it's, it was like something out of a film like <clears throat> really awful really really awful but anyway so these girls are clinging to a phone oh i can't actually see the phone uh I i'll hold it in your thanks. face i definitely need new glasses <laughs> um oh yeah they have got a phone a very red 80s phone with like the twiddly cable and then we have the wrong number in that kind of classic it looks like it's written with chalk yeah. that they have on all these colours and it's in yellow. I, I don't hate this cover. No, I like it. It's better than the book, I'm going to say. <laughs> Will I uh, first burp? Yes. I would love if you would burp. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to read the prologue. Um, and I'm going to read the whole thing because it's quite short. Scheming. It was the best thing. <laughs> it, was the, 
I'm going to start again because that was shit. Does it start with the word scheming? It does, which I, I think is the that. best way he's opened so far. Scheming. I didn't even know he knows such a word. Scheming. It was the thing he'd been best at all his life. Seeing something he wanted and figuring out how to go after it, step by step. Sure, he messed up a lot. He'd had some bad luck. Some people got in his way. Ruined his perfect plans. That wouldn't happen this time. This plan was his best. No way it could fail. No way he'd let anyone mess this one up. As he sat in the dark, rolling it over and over in his mind, a sneer formed on his face. It was too bad what he had to do. He didn't really want to hurt anyone. But what choice did he have? He had to take care of himself. No one else was going to take care of him. He'd learned that early, beginning with his parents. Now he knew it was time to act, and not think about what had happened to him in the past. After all, it wasn't it hit, uh, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't his fault that he was always getting in trouble. That was going to change. From now on, things would go exactly the way he wanted them to. He made the perfect plan. On the surface, everyone, everything seemed normal. But someone was due for a big surprise. A deadly surprise. <laughs> all he had to do was be patient. Be patient and wait until it was time to act. Okay, so I was going to say, he's not repeating himself like he usually does. Oh, but wow. then he really did at the end. There. <laughs> and also, when you, when you read a load of Robot Stein books in a row, as we have, you really start to notice the things that he repeats. Like yeah. his little ticks that he does. And he does this quite a lot where they'll have these little asides of, like, in the killer's head. And they'll sort of say these vaguely ominous things. And I, I'm not into it. I'm sick of it. Yeah. To be honest. It's overdone. But I did think that was maybe because I didn't read the whole thing. Uh, it could have been about half the length then. But I thought that was kind of way better. I was like, oh, maybe this is like way better than his usual. Let me read you the start oh, no. of chapter one. Okay. The blob of green gel oozed like something from the bottom of a decaying swamp. <sighs> I really thought you were going to say dick there, so it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> a decaying dick. Oh, no, from what of a dick. Right, okay. I was going to say, what of, what? Green oozing dick? Ugh. No wonder you're a lesbian. It's what they look like? I've been misinformed. <laughs> it spread and settled in its container, quivering. Oh, why? Ah. <laughs> so, no, panic over. It is as bad as usual. Okay. Um, and what we're talking about here, what what's scary there is some hair gel. I mean, people really did misuse hair gel, <laughs> to be fair, in the early 90s, at, at most. They did. At most? The worst? My nephews... Maybe I should go make a coffee. <laughs> My nephews had a moment when they started styling their hair with hair gel there. How old are they? Eight and twelve, I think? Eight and eleven. And I was just quietly to their mum was like, here's some hair clay. <laughs> Use this instead. That's so cute. Was it like the one out of Superdrug that's 12 pence and like like green jelly that they were using? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Horrible. So... We've got Dina Martinson and Jade Smith, who I admit... Am I, uh, I... Wow, Heather. What is going on with us today? What's wrong with my mouth? Um, Jade Smith, who I immediately imagined as Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, yeah. But young. So basically just Willow. Willow Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because I need a moment for Jade, because I think she sounds like a babe. But go I'll on. go into it. Well, just her outfits sound amazing. Yeah. Do you have some outfits there? Yes. Okay, go on. Well, so first of all, she's got bright copper red hair, which is a look. I'm into it. But it's also described as auburn hair mm. in coils. I can see that. Curls? Like, did you ever watch Clueless? Do you remember Amber? She's got like red, like 
corkscrew curls. I feel like she? red and auburn are two different colours, though. Well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> she's got bright... I'm going to imagine it as bright red hair, because okay. I like that. And here's a couple of outfits that she wears. A pink and white check jumpsuit. Yes. <laughs> a white and yellow striped sundress. Yes. And a sleeveless white knit shirt and green shorts. White knit shirt? Yes. I, mean, I don't imagine, like, a, it doesn't mean, like, a shirt, like, with a collar and buttons. Like, how we would think of a shirt. I think in America, it just means a top. Knit. Yeah, white so, like, a knit. white knit top. <laughs> and green shorts. I think they sound amazing. And, like, with red hair as well. Like, red hair and green shorts. That is a good look. Right, okay. I'll take so your I'm word into for it. it. I think she sounds cool. Um, and her mother is a professional hairdresser. Which oh, will come she up must later. <laughs> Dina, on the other hand, has baby fine, shortish, blondish, straightish, straightish hair. Baby fine, blonde. I don't like the. I don't like that. Is that weird? I just. I just he's... imagine she has that very like fluffy, flyaway, like dandelion hair. Yeah. Oh, dandelion hair. That's nice. That's why you're a professional, uh, right? Well, to be fair, Susanna Clark. Did was there not a character in Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, who's like the man with the dandelion hair or something? Oh, I've not read so, that. Sorry. I can't even take credit. Well. I know, sorry. So immediately we get some, you know, real Robot Stein shit about this <laughs> hair gel. Go on, Jade insisted. My mum uses it on her hair all the time and it looks great. All shiny and full of body. One, Robot Stein. Hair gel does not make people's hair <laughs> shiny and full of body. You're thinking mousse, Robot Stein. Yeah, and that does not look like green gel. No. Um, all shiny and full of body. Are you sure you don't mean dead bodies, cracked Dina? Dina, you're not funny. What? What? That's If you said that to me, I'd be like, are you okay? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, are you having a stroke? What? That wasn't even... That didn't even make sense. Are you sure you don't mean your mum's hair is full of dead bodies? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah, I'm sure that's not what I'm saying. She began applying the gel to her friend's hair. She assumed the long tresses were covered in slime and gave off a faintly jello scent. Don't... You don't understand hair products. Here's the problem. He's been using actual <laughs> jelly... Instead of hair gel. And it's made his hair full of dead bodies. Yes. That's why that's happened. Is that how they make jelly? Actually, it is made of, like, bits of cow, isn't it? Yeah. So Horse, I think. Maybe she's doing a really clever joke no. that just went, well, okay. No. 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 <laughs> no. No, not having it. No. He's not making a clever joke. <laughs> okay. So, Dina has just found out that she's got a half-brother, Chuck. And there's no fallout from this. There is no emotional reaction whatsoever. She apparently didn't know that her dad had like another family or children before she got married. So what? That's been a that's been a secret for like near twenty years. Yeah. Also, is it just me? Chuck is Robot Stein's favorite name. There's loads does of <laughs> brothers called Chuck. Why does it get so used so often in horror generally? Like Chucky. Oh yeah. There are lots of Americans called Chuck. What are the Americans listening? Do you know anyone called Chuck? It doesn't sound like a real name to me. What is this? Is it like a nickname for like Charles, a Charles? I think, yeah. Charlie, okay. What's wrong with Charlie? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. To me, it's one of those American names that's it's not a name as much as a noise. To like <laughs> Chip, Chad, <laughs> that kind of thing. Chuck. I mean, it mm-hmm. is like a, a, like a woodchuck. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. So Chuck is a troublemaker who is transferring to Shadyside High because he's been expelled from Central City High. So city boy, urban. Oh God, he's urban. No, no, he's urban. Troublemaker. Um, and guess what? Despite being literally his his sister, um, Dina is immediately hot for him. Oh, her first. That's glimpse... a very uh, Diane Ho thing, isn't it? Yeah. No, wait. Is it Diane Ho? 
or is it Richie? Is it R.L. It's, it's Richie Tangsley Cusick. That she always has the character fancy their stepbrother. Inappropriate mm-hmm. shit. But they're not stepbrothers. They're half brother and sister. So they're genetically related. Oh, that's not okay. No, it's not. Her first. I mean, glimpse... the stepbrother thing isn't great either. But no, but you know. Yeah. It's got. Is it a remove at least? Her first glimpse of Chuck was promising. She hadn't seen him since he was about ten, and he'd grown up since then. He was tall now, and his t-shirt and tight jeans showed off his taut muscles of an athlete. His hair was thick and sandy above startlingly blue eyes. Jade, Dina knew, would call Chuck a hunk. But when she got closer, she saw that something was wrong with the picture of the all-American good-looking guy. Yeah, is it that you're genetically related (laughs) to him? I think that's what's fucking wrong with it. I feel like, Dina, just go to the bathroom, sort yourself out. No, don't! Come back. No! You've got to get it out somehow. No! Repress it. No, okay. Psychological advice from Heather. Repress it. <laughs> Repress it. I'm like, go and have a silent wank and don't tell anyone ever. And Heather's like, no, no, push it down. I just don't think it's alright to wank about your brother. No, I guess I don't really mean have a wank about him. I just mean get it out. Get, like like when you need to sneeze, just get it out. <laughs> just do it. Like you don't think about someone when you sneeze. That's true, but I <laughs> I feel like your analogies are so fucked at the moment. <laughs> I haven't been sleeping very well. <laughs> um. So. He saves a dog from an exploding car on the way home from the airport. Just, that happened. I forgot that even happened in this book because it's so irrelevant. He just wanted some dog jeopardy. He did. Why do you hate dogs, Robots Dying? I feel like this whole podcast could be called Dog Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the Dog Jeopardy series they were doing. Um, or just Pet Jeopardy. Yeah. Stephen King's new book, Pet, Pet Jeopardy. Jeopardy. <laughs> I would read it. Uh, so then we've got some random fat phobia about a couple who got together and seemed very happy because he just has to throw it in there. I even copied that bit out to quote because I thought it was so disgusting. Here we go. <clears throat> Guess who's just become the, the hot couple of the month, Jade said. Who, said Dina. Bruce Kipnis and Sherry Murdoch. Really, Dina said. Bruce and Sherry were the two fattest kids in school. Yeah, probably no one else would want to go out with either of them, said Jade. What, what is, why? Just random hatred. What did you do that for? Anyway, if you want to dab off your fat shaming, that's uh, one of the worst examples we've seen, I think. Dab, dab, as dab. If, like, <laughs> as if they would be the hot couple. And these people are never mentioned again, so there's nothing going on. He just randomly wanted to throw in some um, hatred of fat people. Because why not? Why not? Um, and then we get a very short chapter, which these will appear throughout the book, where it's like the, the baddie saying things. And... What we hear now is that he's struggling to keep it together, etc. And obviously we're supposed to think it's Chuck. Okay. So just, that's happening. Uh, so Dina and Jade had made some crank phone calls at the beginning of the book, which I didn't mention then, but I'm mentioning now, uh, including to Rob Morell. Morel? Morell. Who knows? Like the mushroom. I don't think he's listening, so. <laughs> the hottest guy in school. And then they do it again on another random night. Uh, Dina has told Rob she's a very hot admirer. I look like Kim Bassinger. <laughs> oh yeah, that description. Do you know that reminded me of like, did you ever do, like Rums. in the early days of the internet, <laughs> well yes, in the early days of the internet when people were like doing cyber sex and stuff. Oh Did you yeah. ever do that and you would like describe yourself, because I was doing that but you know I was like what, 12 at the time? Mm-hmm. So you would describe yourself or if you're not going to be like, I'm 12 and I won't praise, although some people might be into that. Oh. But I remember, yeah, describing myself as... Basically like that. Skinny and blonde and yep. I'm 19 and I've got huge boobs. I'm five foot six and I've got long blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's quite a weird, like, very specific cultural thing of the time, isn't it? Loads of loads of people, probably teenagers, sat on their parents' computer, probably in a very public place, 
uh, pretending to be other people for the gratification of themselves and other people. Like, in yeah. a way, it's quite sweet that everyone was just kind of fulfilling what they thought everyone else's fantasy was. Yeah, and I remember as well describing various sex acts that I didn't had never know done. what they were. Yeah, really. no idea. No, you're just kind of guessing, like, <laughs> what is this? I guess this is... Was ASL. This sort of... <laughs> <laughs> there was a sort of innocence to it, because someone would ask you a question and you'd be like, yep. Yeah, I'll do that. And you're like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Maybe that's like why we've got quite good writers of our generation. We just made made shit up. We're just inventing. Yeah, like erotica. Just bluffing. Shit erotica. Bluffing genitalia. <laughs> anyway, I'm Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn! I'm trying to think. I think Cassandra was my fake name Cassandra. from Wayne's World. Oh yeah, she was very hot. She was a babe. So they're basically doing that, <laughs> phone sex with uh, someone she fancies, um, and he loves it, the guy, the hot guy, he's like really into it. But this time Chuck is on the other line and mocks her for it. That's also like a really specific 90s thing, isn't it? Someone to be on the, on, other, the other line. on the other line. Yeah. Can I also just have a moment for how much I hate the attempts to make Chuck look like a bad guy? Like the first time that she sort of interacts with Chuck, it's in the morning, and they're going to school, and he, and she's like, oh, I'll show you around school. And so he he's basically like, yeah, I don't really want my younger half-sister showing me around my new school. And then he puts his cereal in the sink without eating it, and she thinks, was he really crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is a low bar. He's also nice that even then you put it there. He basically says, like, I think I'm okay, kid. Or yeah. something like that. And she's like... <laughs> He didn't even eat his cereal. <laughs> like, chill. Like, Robo Stein's understanding of what's scary and what isn't is fucking way <laughs> off, man. Like, come on. He, he didn't eat his cereal. I think he's crazy. <laughs> Are you having a breakdown? <laughs> um, <laughs> this time he joins in the game. And, uh, again, wild escalation. He calls in a bomb threat to a local bowling alley. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. Don't do that. Cool. Don't do that. That's illegal. He didn't eat cereal, and he called in, called in a bomb threat to a local equally, small business. Equally awful, I would say. <laughs> um, and then he I calls... should have known he was going to phone in a bomb threat when I saw him not eat his cereal. <laughs> he didn't like the Frosties, and he just went off the rails. Uh, and then he calls Bobby McCory, who he got into a fight with at school, and he had a knife. And he tells Bobby that he's the Phantom of Fear Street. Okay. Okay. Then we get some stupid pranks and jump scares. Of course, you can dab that off on your fucking yep. relentless robot-style bingo card. <laughs> I hope you made it wipe clean because you've got to re-dab it every episode. Because you'll need to use it for going when you wank in a hotel like Pepper. airport about your brother. You're the one that hotel said you should... Hotel airport? <laughs> I meant airport toilet. I'm what? so tired. Yeah. Just but... want some sleep. It's like, I take it too far, and then you're like, I too shall take it too far. <laughs> you want to be too far? I'll call in a bomb threat you too far. <laughs> you thought it was bad when I didn't eat my Frosties. You ain't seen nothing. I'd never turn down cereal. Cereal, like, outside of um, the times of day, is, like, my comfort food, I've realised. Yeah. Like, dinner I cereal. Do, I used to do this all the time at uni when I was, like, really busy. Yeah, cereal for dinner. But also, like, sometimes three meals a day. And like, that's too much oh, granola like last night we had um, like oven baked rhubarb oh. so like orange oven baked Actually, rhubarb we had rhubarb last night as well that's weird oh. a rhubarb tart oh. oh I love rhubarb love rhubarb tart 
Um, it's, it's in season, that's why. Yeah. But we had it with a bit of yogurt and a bit of granola on top, oh, and it was really nice. nice. I've also discovered that I love this, like, Aldi granola. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I don't usually eat it because it isn't, I'm pretty sure it isn't that great for you. Because it's, it's quite a lot of sugar. sugar. My brother just calls it deep fried muesli. <laughs> yeah, I tend to think of it as it's like, it's, if you just have a little bit, like, I'll usually have, like, yogurt and fruit and, like, just a little bit of granola. Yeah. I get a tiny bowl of it with oat milk as a little treat, and I really like it. But I used to, yeah, when I was at uni, I used to do that. And I also used to get Rivita with a, um, a really thick layer of cheddar with a sweet chilli sauce on top. That, that sounds nice. That was my, like, study snack. Do you know what I'm getting into? This is really... Oh, we're getting so fucking middle class. It's actually disgusting. <laughs> so, for a while I got into rice cakes, so I was trying to eat less bread, because it, oh, it does bloat me up. Well, I quite like them, actually. I like how light they are, because bread... I like bread, but it's quite heavy, and it, like, doesn't sit very well in my stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, both my uncles are... Um, gluten intolerant yeah and I refuse to accept that I may be because I don't want to stop eating bread and I also got into these corn cakes which are like sweeter than rice cakes so you maybe would like a corn cake maybe I mean that's literally no nutritional value whatsoever it's just a delivery (laughs) method for like cheese or butter or (laughs) whatever you put on them it's just a way to deliver it into your face really (laughs) my dad's um they suspect he might be celiac or have celiac um, and my granddad developed it as well when he was older. So I'm like, oh, not please me. Don't take bread away from me. Don't, like, is life truly You're worth like, living? I'm already vegan. Yeah, I'm already vegan. Why would you do this to me? That's not fair. I'm already do vegan. You... I already live with a fucking teetotaler. <laughs> Oh God, you need to have some joy. I know. And you're trying to cut down on caffeine. There has to be something left. I mean, I've given up on that already. Um, yeah. My, everyone I know, <laughs> everyone I know, this is what happens when you get to your mid-30s. Everybody has a baby and everyone gives up on either booze or bread. Yeah. Or my partner's twin brother has recently given up uh, pork. And I was like, oh, what's that? Because he, he has, like, digestive issues. I was like, maybe it's to do with the Crohn's. No, he just loves pigs too much. I mean, I can <laughs> see that. We we went to a farm that had, like, you know, the farms that you can visit, and they had little pigs, and they, they're like little old men. They've got personalities. Got the little sparse hair and their little pink heads, and they do look to you. I gave up, actually, beef and pork. But then I had my iron was low and I had to have a little bit. But I don't really like it. I would rather not have it. You see, they're delicious, from what I recall. But yeah, pigs have got great personality. I was hanging out with um, on Friday night with a guy whose family run a farm down in Cornwall. Um, and it's really hard to make money as a farmer these days. So you basically just break even on all the food and then they have like glamping pods and things like that. Mm. And um, he says they, they it's like a lamb farm, basically, mainly. Because that's what you can make the most money out of. But he said, my dad won't eat lamb. I was like, why not? He says, because he fucking hates sheep. Like, he just really fucking hates them. And he hates that he has to make money off them. And I'm like, well, wouldn't, wouldn't he love eating them? Eat if, them for because revenge. They're, they're dead. And he went, no, he won't go near it. Oh. <laughs> he won't eat lamb because he fucking hates the living animal sheep so much. That really tickled that me. That he won't put them into his body. <laughs> now, I heard, see, I do eat lamb. Because I read that lamb is one of the most, the more ethical meats. Because, well, for the reason of what I read anyway, is that you can't really mistreat a lamb. Like a chicken or a cow, you can like put it in a box and give it shit food and the meat will taste the same. But apparently if you mistreat a lamb, like if you don't give it good food and everything, it tastes like shit. Right. So the lambs get treated better, not for ethical reasons, but like, because otherwise it'll taste horrible. I mean, I suppose, what does murder come under bad treatment? Well, true. <laughs> Very good point. But I mean... I've made the choice to eat meat, so <laughs> that's what I'm doing. 
I'm definitely going to put that in a story that someone won't eat an animal because they fucking hate the animal so much because they're forced to like deal with it on a daily I've never basis. Heard that. I've heard people say they won't eat certain animals because they're cute. Like I've yeah. heard people say they won't eat lamb because it's cute. Yeah, which but, makes sense to me. Yeah. I just I love I love people and how weird people are <laughs> and the strange things they do. Like it brings me the most joy. Um. So yes. You've you mentioned this jumpsuit, haven't you? Faded yeah. denim. Yeah. Uh, oh well, did you? The, no. Jade. It was it was Jade, and she had like a striped jumpsuit. I think it was. Well, okay. So this time they have a barbecue to discuss the fact that they're probably going to have to stop making these prank calls. So Jade, uh, Dina, and Chuck, and Jade wears. Uh, she was wearing one of her jumpsuits. One of love it. This one was made of faded denim and covered with fake patches in bright colours. Wow. And let me tell you, I had those jeans. No, you didn't. I, I was wearing those jeans when I got my first period. Oh, God. Yeah. My dad had to come pick me up oh. from my friend's house because it was... You ruined your special jeans. Brutal. <laughs> that is a good metaphor, isn't it? Like the end of like end childhood. Of patchwork jeans. <laughs> the end of dressing like a complete fucking twat. <laughs> you know, I've seen this in films and stuff where people like all of a sudden get their period and I mine wasn't like that. It came like very gradually over a long period of time. Yeah, that's what they say, isn't it? They say, you'll get some light spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine wasn't that at oh, all. Oh, no, was but, it a um, carry situation? It was a carry situation. Like, it was so much in the morning that my mum almost fainted. So I was also, like, uh, like on the <laughs> bathroom floor being like, what is happening to me? I'm what dying, mum, help. They said it would be a few spots. And this oh, is not that situation. This isn't spotting, mum. <laughs> Why, why, don't they let, why don't let the boy, why don't they let boys in the assembly why don't they it's so stupid it's incredible how many i think we talked about this on another episode didn't we or unless we sometimes i forget what have we talked about on the podcast and what have we talked about just in life we should just stop ever speaking in real life only on the podcast we speak <laughs> but like how many men even grown men don't understand vaginas yeah don't know how they work i have been listening to this is really boring I had to spend like nine Please hours. Please tell us. I can't nine, wait. <laughs> nine cumulative hours resealing our shower this weekend because oh, you've got to take all the old sealant out and then like bleach it. Could you at least and... have an audiobook on or something? Well, yeah. So I was listening to um, my dad wrote a porno, uh, like the old seasons because they were really funny. And like so many times he talks about like grabbing someone's cervix, and I'm like, that's anatomically not possible. Like. You, you might be able to touch it if you really tried, but I don't think men would know what they're touching. You only know you're touching yours as a woman because you can feel it from the inside, I think. Well, I know a lot more about cervixes than I used to. I won't <laughs> go into graphic detail, but I will say... Services. Services. <laughs> uh, any any uh, t- couples out there who are two women who are looking to conceive... Um, you will have to learn what your partner's cervix looks like. Have to have a good look up there. Oh, there it is. Yep, looking Tiny good. little torch. <laughs> you, you joke, but yes. <laughs> little torch on the phone, like, yep, we've seen one another's cervixes now. <laughs> I feel like I've seen... Oh, I know, I won't have seen mine. I've just had it discussed and uh, slightly burned off. Ooh, which is fun. Not all the way off. I've had an injection in mine. Let me tell you. Oh god! You, you feel it like in the in the bottom of your throat. It's really weird. It's some like psychological. I can feel a sick coming up just thinking about that. <laughs> okay, That's let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so they agree they'll stop making these prank phone calls, and then we get this stupid bit. <clears throat> I promise not to make any more prank phone calls. Chuck said, "This is different. I'm about to change your lives forever. After this, you'll never be afraid again." His finger had stopped at a number in the book, and he reached for the phone. "Who are you calling?" asked Jade. Her face was glowing with excitement the way it had the weekend before. That's her, like, literally being so attracted to him. (laughs) 
I don't know, said Chuck. It's just the first name I found on Fear Street. He switched on the loudspeaker and punched in a number. The burring sound of the phone on Fear Street filled the room. I'm going to prove that both of you that there's nothing to be afraid of. Oh no. So what's the plan? So they've told him all these like stories about Fear Street. And he's just pi- he's just picked a random number out of the phone bo- books. <laughs> phone box. <laughs> I think we've agreed that these are not books. They are box. Box. <laughs> he found the phone box um, on Fear Street. But then what's, how is he going to prove? What, what's I don't know what he's then? trying to prove. Again, this is... Sometimes with Robot Stein books, you can tell he hasn't really thought it through. No. He's just sat down at his word processor, maybe even a typewriter <sighs> in them days. He sat down, just started writing. Yeah, he just, just needs... Gone where it's gone. He just needs them to be on the phone with someone. Mm-hmm. So he will just make it happen. Yep. Regardless of any sense <laughs> any or logic. logic or anything. Anyway, here's what happens. Um, they're in, uh, someone answers the phone. The shrillest, most frightened sounding voice Dina had ever heard cried out, please, please come quickly, he's going to kill me. Oof. And then it's actually quite horrible because it's the sounds of domestic abuse. It's, this is one of those books with real sudden escalation. Yeah. And there are a few topics dab, in this book. Dab. Yeah, dab that. That I just feel like Robot Stein should not be fucking with these topics. Oh, yeah, and no. Yeah, he is. He shouldn't be fucking with any, but no. definitely not domestic abuse. No. Fuck around with stupid topics like. Oh, I can't even think. They're not even stupid. I was going to be sports like, ball. killing a dog. That's not funny. Don't fuck around <laughs> with that. Yeah, fuck around with writing. and prank calls. That's Stop fine. writing. Mm-hmm. Slay in your lane, and your lane is very narrow, Robot. <laughs> So they hear this horrible domestic abuse situation. Um, they can't call the cops for reasons not really explained. I don't think it's illegal to make... You wouldn't even need to say you made a prank phone call. You could say, I phoned the wrong number. Yeah. That's not illegal. Yeah, I think they say, like, oh, he's already in enough trouble. And, like, they are, like, they say, well, he phoned in that bomb threat. They'd be saying, no, other people use phones as well. It wouldn't yeah. be really obvious that it's you. Um, call the cops if you... Um, well, is it a good... Call someone if you hear a domestic abuse situation. No, I think you can call them in that case. So, well, they don't. They go over to the house, which is near the cemetery. Kirsty, <laughs> aren't they scary? <gasps> aren't the cemetery scary? No. And they find it deserted and ransacked, but with a body lying in a pool of blood near the phone. So it's not deserted. Not the cemetery, the house. dead in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry, yeah, the house. A woman has been stabbed. And a guy... Robot Stein, don't fuck with this topic. Yeah, don't do it. A guy in a green overcoat and a black ski mask comes in. What is that outfit? Green overcoat. Are you critiquing his fashion? He's just stabbed someone. I am. Why is he wearing a green overcoat and a black ski mask? That's what he's got. I feel like that's just... And also, why do we need to know the colour of it? Yeah, why? Why? What's the relevance of his coat colour? Just literally just say he's wearing a black ski mask and carrying a tire iron. Because we can assume he's got other clothes on. We must always know what people are wearing at all points. Otherwise, how will we engage with the book? But what colour top did he have on? (laughs) What colour was his hair? Mm -hmm. How handsome was he? Could you see his full lips beneath the ski mask? Anyway. So they do call it into the police anonymously. Huh. You could. Could have done it in the first place then. Got a throat bubble. Uh oh. Um, And then the cops arrive at their house at 2... I've written 2pm. It's actually 2am. And I'm like, do these kids not know about 1471? Oh, yeah. <laughs> took me a minute there. I was like, what, what is she talking again? about? Oh. That was when you used to, you could just dial 1471 and it would tell you the number that just called you. Yeah. That's clearly what the police have done there. And there was a number that you could dial if you were going to phone someone and you didn't want them to be able to do 1471, you could dial a number before you called them and that would do that. I can't remember what the number was now. It's just remind me that my grandma, my beloved grandma, who died, uh, like a few years ago 
Uh, used to work for the phone exchange, I think. Like, oh. in the war. Which always seems to me a really glamorous job. You know there's a phone exchange uh, near where we live? Yeah. Yeah. Does it work? Is I don't know. I'm real? intrigued by it. Let's go in. Yeah. Mm. It's, like, literally around the corner. I know. <gasps> no. That would be cool. Yeah. Anyway, so they turn up at the house. It turns out that the Farbersons live there. And I think I've written this name very differently at every point in my notes here. Okay, so it could great. be different. Let's just go with Farberson okay. for now. Um, so Mr. Farberson. And I've written here the ski mask guy because it's that obvious that it's the man in the fucking thing. Let's, uh, I'll pin that. He says they showed up at his house and murdered his wife. And the cops want to convict them because they have some very specific clay on their car. Clay found only at the end of Fear Street and nowhere else in the rest of the world. How do they know that? It's green clay and it's only there. I don't no. think... Now, I've recently done jury, like jury duty and I do not believe this will cut it. I don't believe that takes you beyond reasonable doubt. I'm, I'm going to go with that. I agree. <laughs> I, clay is insufficient. You should have fucking seen me at jury duty as well. I thought I was like Columbo. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> you solving the crime for them. It was great. I was making so many notes. And then the person ended up um, getting off. Not like masturbating. Well, you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> if he did, he was keeping it. He was really playing it off well. Um, Could have given Dina some tips. <laughs> basically, the two... One of the witnesses said something that just meant that he couldn't be... The guy couldn't be convicted. Okay. And I, you should have seen me sat in my seat going, like, <gasps> yes, I'm making my notes of it. And I was like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to be the only one that knew it. And then the lawyer like appealed to the person and it got thrown out. So we didn't even get to do it. Aww. But then me and all the other jurors were like, it was because of this. And we felt all really clever. <laughs> oh, Which justified the three days of sitting there doing fucking nothing. Anyway, I don't think that's going to put him in jail. However, his fingerprints are all over the knife. Uh, that's not good. And he gets put in big jail, the big house, because he was 18 last birthday, which nobody mentioned. Which again, I'm going to say, having this sort of clueless 18-year-old boy in an adult prison, that is serious shit, and that is not something robots should be fucking with. Like, that's proper horror. Could this be a critique of the US criminal justice system? No. No. No, no it's not. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. No. Do you see Rosie's trying to get in, so we shut Rosie out because, in case she barks... And uh, she keeps coming to the door and, like, sort of pushing it. Can I come in? No, you can't come in, Rosie. I won't do a bark apart from when I do it next. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again until I will. <laughs> so it takes them two entire chapters to figure out that Mr. Farberson is the man in a ski mask, which was just fucking completely obvious <sighs> from I know. literally moment one. I, I read that and I had to go back to be like, was that meant to be I, did a I, twist? <laughs> sorry, did I get it wrong? No, I didn't get it wrong. It's just that obvious. Uh, but the cops don't believe them. The police don't come well off this book. I'm no, say. which is weird because robot stein books are usually pro police. <laughs> yeah, pro cop. Mm-hmm. Um, so this happens. This happens, Kirsty. Okay, I'm ready. They go undercover, wearing wigs from Jade's mum's hairdressing salon. And two issues here. I don't believe hairdressers have wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Any hairdressers listening? Do you have wigs as part of your work? Maybe. Maybe they do at, like, specific black salons. Maybe, yeah. Or, like, you know, weaves and stuff like this. Or maybe do, would you have a wig to, like, practice on? Maybe. But I don't think... These are white women. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's, you know, regular. And also, a wig does not is not a disguise, really. If you're going to be speaking to someone... <laughs> 
depends <laughs> how bland your face is. True. Or just like nothing, or just like a thumb. Yeah. You think they've got no facial features? Could be. <laughs> See, I think you and I both have very distinctive hairdos, so I think if we had wigs on, I think we actually would look quite different. We have got distinctive hairdos, and yet people still think I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> because they're distinctively not that far apart. Like, they're both bright red dyed. Yeah. And short. Or different style different. of short. Yeah. And you wear glasses and I don't. I mean, we're just two red-headed white women. Well, I know. But sometimes that's enough. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, here's what they are dressed up like. Squinting into the brightly lit makeup mirror, the girls put on the wigs and extra makeup. When they had finished, Dina thought they both looked great. Which is not the intent. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Jade was now blonde with a bubble cut and green eyeshadow, while Dina had cut curly auburn hair in a frizz. Isn't this just what they look like? Oh, yeah. Isn't that just exactly just what they hairdos. look like? You can't, that isn't helpful. I'm going to have exactly, let's, let's dress up. Let's go and confront a murderer that directly saw us and was stood meters away from us. And then, opposite hairdos. And then also went and told the police where we lived, so he already knows us. But let's go undercover while we're facing him directly from meters away. And let's pick new wigs to do it. But let's have the exact wigs that you and I have already got as hair. So at the best, it'll be mildly confusing. Also, I've said this before. Why does no one in Robot Steinbooks ever have brown hair? I mean, Auburn is brown, isn't it? I mean, it's reddish brown, but like, no one ever, like, okay. In the UK, I'm going to say probably in the US as well, the most common white person's natural hair colour is brown. Like mousy brown? Yeah. Hmm. Well, like, the range from like a sort of dirty blonde to like a mahogany yeah. is going to be surely the most all-encompassing hair colour. But in Robot Stein books, it's either blonde, red, or black. Yeah. <laughs> Never brunette, ever. And no one has brown eyes. No. Everyone has like green or black or blue. It's the only choices. I'm, my dad has kind of like grey eyes as well, which I think is well. cool. Um, so yeah, they just dressed up as themselves with more wake, make, more makeup on and, and they've changed hair. Um, but Mr. Farberson doesn't recognise them. The girls he saw merely days ago. Obviously just doesn't really care. Because they're wearing cheap wigs and a bit more makeup. Cool. Don't understand how makeup or hair works, Robot Stein. I don't know, people can look really different with makeup on. Yeah, but not... Come on. I don't know. You've been watching those Instagram videos where, like, Asian women <laughs> completely transform the way they look. That is a transformation. Weird... I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they pull from their chins to make their entire jawline. I mean, that's incredible sculpting work. It is, but I also think, like, why? Well, just... Because you can. Well, they, like, <laughs> they always seem to want to have, like, no jawline. Just be, like, go right down in a triangle. I, I also have a very... Any comments on this all the time? I have a very bad memory for faces. Right. So I just... We'll be driving down the road, and she will pass someone. And again, it's like at driving speed, so it's quick. And she'll be like, oh, I was at primary school with him. And I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> I would not recognise a single person I went to primary school with, even if I saw their Facebook profile with their name on it. That is I true. I still wouldn't recognise them. Yeah, I do that. Sometimes if people do change their look a bit, I walk straight past them. Yeah. But not if I had, like, accused them of murder. Well, yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? <laughs> so anyway, they pretend to like want a job where Mr. Farberson works. Um, it's not very horror, is no. it? The, the vast majority of this book is, is not really horror. It's kind of like a weird, kind of like crime There's not thriller, much... but there's nothing thrilling. Well, another one of our bingo things is like a bland menacing. And it's, yeah. I think that's why you had to do the thing like, save the dog from the exploding car, to like try and put some kind of danger in there. But it it's didn't just... Work kind of vague random danger yeah but then the person who is real danger they're just like sitting opposite him and that's fine yeah or like a woman was literally murdered and then a teenage boy is in prison the true horrors yeah and yet 
they're not really the focus. But they manage to, like, rifle through his drawers, if you will, um, and they find a one-way ticket to Argentina in his office, and then they track down someone who used to work for him, a Miss Morrison, and they go and see her as well. Which, like, why would you just, like, some random teenagers into your house? I would be like, sorry, no, go away. No. No. I've already had teenagers this week over, and that's too many. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Anyway, uh, they overhear her on the phone to Mr. Farberson, Farberson, saying she can't keep it in the house, and he has to come and get it. He, it turns out it's a bag. It. It's a bag. <laughs> and they reckon it's the mask and the shirt he wore when he killed his wife. Okay. Which would be a fair assumption. Yeah. Uh, However. <laughs> so they brave some rats. Rats! Rats! Aren't rats scary? The worst horror. Uh, to get the bag. But guess what's in the bag, Kirsty? I already know what's in the bag. It's a dead cat. Robot Stein loves a dead cat. What is wrong with you? He just loves a dead cat. I hope he's on some kind of list. Also, bury it in the garden. Yeah, why Why is it Why is it in a bag? Why, why has he bag? got to come and get it? Bury it in the garden like a normal person. If you had just murdered your wife and your lover was like, there's a dead cat, wouldn't you be like, you have to dispose of it in some way. I'm not going and getting it because that'll make... That looks so sus. And also just... That's weird. Uh, and then in a mask, a man in a mask tells them to stay away. Who That will never be explained or mentioned again. And also, like, if, if this was the real stakes... Wouldn't the person just kill you? I mean, that comes up in a lot of these. <laughs> where they do this kind of convoluted menacing, and you're like, just you would just kill them. Like, really, they're trying to prove that this man literally murdered his wife. And he's already killed someone. Yeah, and he's already framed them for murder. And he's just like, go away, go away! Don't come back, shoot! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so they go back to the Farberson house, and of course they find a letter saying that... Mrs. Farberson is going to leave Mr. Farberson. Mm-hmm. And the content of the note, Kirsty, says that he has run through almost all of her inheritance and he won't, she won't let him take it anymore, right? Note that. I'll remember the note. I'll note the note. And of course, Mr. Farberson comes home and finds them. Uh, and Dina runs to the phone, but the phone is out. Uh, so R.L. Stein actually writes this line. <clears throat> I'm ready, I'm ready. This had all started with a phone call, she thought. And it might end because she couldn't make one. He was really happy with that line. He was. He, he wrote was. that and he was like, yes. It's just so all over the place. We also get then get this. She began to run down the hall, but Mr. Farberson was fast for such a big man. Oh, he must have. Is he big or is that also fatphobia? Mm, I think he's like muscle big. Okay. And he tackled her, throwing her to the floor on her back. She fought as hard as she could, struggling desperately. She heard a ripping noise as Mr. Farberson tore her poncho up the middle and pulled it down so her arms were trapped to her sides. Okay, how has he taken something that's actually quite scary? Like, being trapped in a house with a man who is ripping your clothes off. Yeah. Is fucking frightening. How's he made it stupid? How's he made it into, like, something out of a cartoon where you take someone's really big floppy hat and slam it down down. on them and then the hat is trapping them. And then their arms are wiggling. Well, how has he done that? He's done that with a poncho. He just can't commit to any tone. Yeah. Ever. Like, he's... Nothing's consistent. Like... You quit... Anyway. It's like stupid, stupid violence. Stupid, stupid violence. (laughs) Stupid, stupid... A poncho acting as some sort of trap. So, Mr. Farberson admits that he did it. Um, Of course, we all have to. Guy Joe Jr., did you kill your wife? Um, And they managed to get out of the house through a tree. 
And then we get this call back, Kirsty. Dino looked down and realised they were much higher up than she had thought. The next branch was just beyond her reach. Why didn't I ever learn gymnastics, she asked herself. Oh, God. And that was a reference to, I can't remember his name, who fell out of a windowsill and managed to do a gymnastics move within the four seconds that he I had. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want it. Do you also hate the fact that Mr. Faberson tries to cut down the tree to get them out? Oh, <laughs> As if that wouldn't draw attention to the situation. Hell. Getting a chainsaw out. Uh, but the cops come and shoot him. Random escalation of violence. Yep. Um, and then they jump down just as the tree crashes through his house. Well. And then, ugh, I'm assuming you've got things that you want to pull up, but I have to speak this terrible speak this terrible bit. I need to speak my awful truth. <laughs> so Detective Frazier uh, comes and gets them, and said that Chuck, uh, Chuck called the policeman. And told him that he wanted to confess. But he's already in prison. I know. So why would the policeman come to the prison? Why, it wouldn't work. So anyway, uh, he Chuck's like, I had to see him as soon as possible. It was the only way I could be sure he'd listen to me. That Again, that wouldn't work. Dina and Jade stared at each other and then back at Chuck. Jade started laughing. I don't believe you did that, Chuck, she said gasping. Wait, so she's gasping and laughing. <laughs> uh, and, and speaking. So okay. do that, but say... Uh, I just can't believe you, Chuck. <laughs> and I can't even say it. <laughs> You're choking. I just actually choked, yeah. <laughs> after everything you promised, after everything we've all been through. What are you talking about, said Chuck. Chuck. Chuck, looking puzzled. I just mean, said Jade, still laughing. I just mean that you, you made another Frank phone call. <sighs> I hate it. Yep. But that's not the ending joke. Oh. We've got another chapter. Oh, why does he have to end on a... What did we used to call it? You end on a on quip. Oh, we yeah, end quip. On a quip. We get another quip, which is where Rob Morell, remember the prank phone call mm. guy that she was hot, um, he says, well, uh, actually, Dina says to Jade, I'll give you a call after school, and Dina says, okay. On second thought, she told Jade, I think I've had it with telephones for a while. Maybe you should, should just send me a postcard. Quip. Or just go around to her house, which is what you'd actually do. I'd just hate it. Um, shit. Yeah, it was terrible. It's, I want to have a little aside. It's just very dull. Which I think we mentioned in a previous episode. How long are American streets? <laughs> yeah. Because we have this. So the house number that they're looking for is 884, 884. And this is what we have. 350, 422, red jade from signs on the mailboxes. So you've gone past 40 houses... During that sentence. Right. Because she's gone 350, 420. How, number one, how fast are you going? Yeah. Or like, how tiny are the houses? Or how can you have gone past 40 houses? They're big houses as well. I know. Well, you've only gone past 20. Because there's one on each side. Yeah, I calculated for that. Oh. Because it's 350 to 422. Oh, no, I'm with you, yeah. 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 I already calculated it. <laughs> you did the maths. <laughs> Sorry. The half the numbers on either side. So, like, how, how fast are they going? And how long are these streets? I mean, the I streets don't... are very long. Like, you can have, like, five or six number addresses. Yeah, I guess. In America. Six number. Like, 10524. That's such a long street. I know. Where I'm at number nine. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends at, like, 25. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, I thought that was weird. Um, we also have uh, Logan's favourite line. I think this is a typo. Okay. But maybe it isn't. <clears throat> Dina couldn't hear Chuck's answer, but she could imagine the look on his face. 
the snowl. Oh yeah, I found snowl. Snowl. I don't like know. a scowl and a sneer, snarl. or like or a snarl. Is Hang that on. a typo? Let me a snowl. Let me uh, do a scowl, mm-hmm. and let me do a sneer. So let me do oh, a snowl. <laughs> oh, it looks sore. Was it sore? <laughs> it was sore. <laughs> yes, now my uh, Paris favorite line is, and and I mean my least favorite. Do you mean to say that this whole thing began with a prank phone call? Mister Martinson said at last, and it ended in a murder. It didn't end in a murder. It started in a murder. <laughs> <laughs> it ended in someone cutting down a tree. The prank phone call didn't cause the murder. No. Kind of in no way related. No. It's so scattershot and weird, this book. Okay, is it good though? No, it's very dull. Yeah. And I don't find the concept of prank phone calls interesting at all. But it wasn't a prank phone call that... There was no need to have the prank phone call bit at all. Also, the book called Wrong Number. It wasn't a wrong number. It wasn't a wrong number. He just picked That was the number he meant to call. Yeah. Very, very messy. Very scatty. Is it good-bad, though? No. No. It's not funny or interesting. No. And it's like, you you know the, you know he's the guy in the ski mask. Yeah. You know from fucking minute one. It's just a horrible story about a man who murdered his fucking wife. And then a teenage boy goes to prison and probably has a really awful time. And then the cops know it was happening, but they kept... They kept chucking jail. They kept an 18-year-old, very attractive boy in big man adult jail for the sake of kind of, like, using his bait for Mr. Farberson. I know, because I was also going to say, oh, this is a book where the police are useless. And then I was like, oh, no, because they say, no, no, that was our plan all along. Yeah, <laughs> they're this not useless, actually, they're nefarious. Yeah, this is actually a genius scheme that we cooked up <laughs> to sacrifice a teenage boy to the system. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, in conclusion, don't read the book. Don't read the book. I've got a low light. Uh huh. The lack of reason for them to actually call that house in the first place. Like it, you might get away with it if the entire book didn't pivot on it. Could have set it up differently. Yeah, in could any have way. Set it up better. He just couldn't be bothered. He's no. so, he hates us. The contempt robots time house for the people that read his books, continually fucking like no. Makes me feel like I'm watching BBC Sherlock, which is the last time that I felt the writer had contempt for me as Why? the audience. Oh, I'm not even going to go into it. You should watch um, the uh, H-Bomber guy on YouTube has Sherlock is garbage and here's why. And also Sarah Z on YouTube has this very long video that I've watched multiple times about Super Who Lock. Right. And, uh, oh no, it's called the, the John Locke Conspiracy, I think. Right. I can't remember what the video is called, but that's what it's about. And she explains it as well. Okay. Um, Basically, it's just very clear that the writers feel incredible contempt for the audience. Oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? It's great. It makes you feel brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) It makes you think, remind me why I'm spending my time and money on this. What's the guy that writes Sherlock? Oh, um... It's gone out of my head because I can't remember words anymore. I keep thinking Stephen Merchant, but it's not him, is it? Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Doesn't he always write shit? Yeah. Isn't everyone completely complaining about everything he writes? Yeah, he's great at setup. Right. He's terrible at endings. Okay, okay. Fair play, I can relate to that. But again, (laughs) much like R.L. Stein, more money than I'll ever see in my life. So what the fuck do I know? I kind of don't know who he is. Keep it that way. Okay. So (laughs) next week, we are doing The Sleepwalker. Oh, Oh, I've got some shit to say, Heather. I've got so much shit to say about this book next week. So if you're doing read-along, which I would not recommend, to be honest, for this season, usually, yeah, read-along. This season, 
Nah. Save yourself, man. Save yourself. Literally save yourselves. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. And if you want to become a Patreon, um, which, you know, some of you have already, and thank you for that, you can go to Teenage... No, you can go to Poit... Oh, Poitreon. Heather, we, to... we need a little rest. <laughs> you need to go to poitreon.com slash Teenage Screen Podcast. And I think it's probably £4.50 or $5 a month, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, probably I mean, am I, am I in charge of this? Who knows? We're going to say it's like the cost of either two coffees from a not very nice place or one coffee from a really fancy place. Or a coffee and like um, a little bun. A little bun, yeah. Mm. And for that, you get another episode of us talking about shit mm-hmm. per month and a pin badge and yeah. uh, the fluffy love of supporting Teenage Scream. Yay! And keeping Rosie in treats that'll keep her from barking. <sighs> Not that it works, but we try. We continue to try. Uh, see you next week and don't read the book. Don't read the book! Don't read the book.